Welcome to another Calvary Baltimore B-Side with our senior pastor, Josh Plantholt. B-Sides are a companion to the weekly sermon, giving an in-depth look behind the teaching. And now with running commentary to complement this week's sermon, here's Pastor Josh. Well, hello everybody. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to B-Sides. We are in Revelation chapter 11 today, uh, and we'll be uh, doing a a little overview uh, with... And then we're gonna we're gonna look at Psalm chapter one and two. Uh, so today we will be using uh, a lot of visuals. Uh, so for those of you listening to this, maybe on CD, I recommend if it's of interest to you uh, to check out the video portion of today's study if um, if it's hard to follow along audibly. Uh, but we got some fun stuff to look at. Uh, and sorry about the the moving of the study from Monday to today. Uh, my my son Nathan he had 104 fever and he had a conjunctivitis and I had to take him to the hospital to the doctors. Um, it was they said you know bring him in when he can, uh, and so we brought him in. It just happened to be then and you know my dad duty called. <laughs> so off I went. Um, but here we are. We're ready to do it. So uh, again, welcome to B sides Revelation chapter 11 and Psalm one and two. So. Sunday, we did an over, oh, and Nathan's doing much better, by the way, just so everyone knows. Uh, so Sunday, we did an overview of Revelation 11, and this launched us into a study of Psalm 1 and 2. And I shared how Psalm 1 and 2 are, are connected, uh, and I'd like to show you that here today. So let's come with me and we'll be in a world of pure imagination. There we go. Psalm 1 and 2. That's a Willy Wonka song, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So here is Psalm chapter 1 and Psalm chapter 2, and I smushed them together into into what I believe to be its structure, its chiastic structure. Um, So here's Psalm 1 uh, on A, B, C, and then D, uh, Psalm 2, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 3. And then uh, this is Psalm 2 from here. So uh, what we have is is Psalm 1, uh, blessed Esher is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the, the way, the direct uh, of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. If you'll notice, Psalm 1, 1, uh, has a share and a direct. And here we are in Psalm 2 verse 12, the last verse of Psalm 2. And it, it kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the Ashir way for his wrath is quickly kindled. Uh, blessed, uh, are all who, who are, uh, bl- bl- uh, sorry, bl- uh, and you perish in the, the way, direct, for his wrath is, wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed as sheer are all who take refuge in him. So we have, the, yeah, there are some words that match, but you don't always find chiastic structures from shared words. It's always best, uh, unless it's short and maybe it's for, to understand how maybe it rhymes. Um, typically chiastic structures are formed by themes and the themes here, we have blessings for the, for the godly, those who take refuge in God, who kiss the sun are blessed. 
Um, but and then we also see on the A's here the the wisdom themes. We see um, wisdom and in, in delighting in the law of the Lord, and again wisdom in following the the king be wise so wisdom and blessing and then we move in psalm 1 verses uh 3 and 4 is our b here he is like a tree planted and all he does he prospers the wicked are not so but are like the chaff that the wind drives away here we see in psalm 2 the second b uh second b uh verses 7 8 and 9 Today you are my son. Well, Jesus was the good tree. And I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possessions. And all he does, Psalm 1, it says, he prospers. Okay, there's some connection there. And then the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. And then it says in Psalm 2, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them like a potter's vessels. Here we're seeing themes of uh, of a promised son who is, as we see in the gospel, is a tree. And of course, um, David is like a tree planted. And of course, Jesus being the son of David is, is the greater tree planted by the father. And then of course, in both the, both the bees, we have the wicked driven and dashed. Uh, so judgment, divine judgment. Then the seas. We see uh, Psalm 1-5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor in the, uh, nor sinner in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. All right, and here we are in Psalm 2, verses 4, 5, and 6. He who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. How can he do that? Because God is the judge. And then it says in Psalm 1, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Again, we have my king on Zion, my holy hill. The, the, again, we're seeing judgment themes here. So God is a judge. Uh, and we see here we, a son who will judge for the father in Psalm 2. What do we see? I, I, um, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill, who's later called my, my son. So the father, who sits in heaven and laughs, sends a son to be king on Zion. Who does that sound like? <laughs> it sounds like Jesus. The father sent the only begotten son to rule and, and represent the Father on earth. And then our focal point of Psalm 1 and 2, as they've been working together thematically, as we see from this chiastic structure, uh, is Psalm 2, verse 1, the focal point of the two psalms. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? For the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So what we see here from Psalm 1 and 2 is that the nations hate God. The, the focal point here is they will rage and plot against God and against his anointed. Who's this all pointing to? It's all pointing to Jesus Christ, that when Jesus comes, the nations will rage and plot 
They will set themselves and take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. When Jesus was crucified, when Jesus was held in trial, the, the Romans turned against him. The, the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people turned against him. Jew and Gentile were part of the execution of Jesus Christ. They plotted together the plot of main thing. And here, here's the point. Psalm 1 and 2 is, is slowly describing the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And it centers at focal points on the crucifixion. That they will take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Um, that, that seems to be the way this chiastic structure is set up as these themes, um, play, play together. Uh, and of course, Psalm one is its own chiasm in, in some ways, and Psalm two is its own chiasm in some ways, but they seem to fit together, uh, that way. And they're, they're woven into the very fabric of Revelation 11, as I showed on Sunday. So with, with Psalm 1 and 2 in mind, I, what I want to do is I want to do a quick flyover, uh, revelation and just show you where Psalm 1 and 2 are, um, are woven throughout chapter 11. And this was, a this little slide here was what some, was something that I, I worked off of, uh, when, when I, when I ran through this text myself. So Revelation 11. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. Well, what do we see in Psalm 2? We see a staff of iron. And you think, well, that, that might not be the connection. But it's really interesting that the rod is then described like a staff. A lot of people don't understand why these two things are put together. So people just say it's a long rod like a staff. But it seems very clearly as the end of Revelation uh, 11 quotes directly quotes directly the nations raged from Psalm 2. I, I can't help but to think that those things are to be connected. So anyways, I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and if it is connected, what does the rod of iron do in Psalm 2? It is used for judgment. Well, let's keep reading. And I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months, and I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. Here we see trees and chaff. Uh, in olive trees. Also, we see from the olive... Uh, and we ran through this two weeks ago, points to the anointed one. Jesus, David was also an anointed one. He was anointed in oil. He also had the spirit of God. Verse five, if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouths and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is uh, uh, doomed to be killed. Uh, notice there's an A, B, A, B structure here. If anyone would harm them, A. If anyone would harm them, A. Fire pours from their mouths to consume their foes, B. This is how he is doomed to be killed, uh, B. So the fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes, and this is how he is doomed to be killed. Seems to be uh, the, the 
the the pattern there. So, what did, but what did Jesus say? And and what we read it on Sunday that the dead branches are to be burned. What does Psalm say? The wicked will be judged. Well, the being being burned is a judgment. <laughs> Uh, verse six, they have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during their days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. All of these could be specific to trees, uh, because trees need sky. They need, they need rain, uh, sun, of course, they need waters, uh, and they need earth, uh, or rather, these could also apply to dead trees. What happens if a tree doesn't get any sun, sky, uh, no, no rain, uh, no, no waters, and the earth it has plague in it? Well, good trees turn into dead trees. So there, there could be a, a picture here of of you know the dead people will be dead trees, and this is of course a contrast to the righteous who are planted by many waters, not waters that are blood. And they're planted in good soil, not soil with plague. So we have good we have good trees and now we may have bad trees as there's many tree elements here. Verse 7. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the, of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified for three and a half days. Some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in the tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets have been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. The nations raged and took counsel together against the Lord and against his two olive trees. What are olive trees? Again, it's a picture of an anointing uh, against his two anointed witnesses or two lampstands. Again, the lampstands, which is referring to are the lampstands within the tabernacle or the temple, and they were run on pure olive oil. Again, anointing. Uh, verse 11, but after these three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And when they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went and uh, up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. And at that hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. Uh, and Psalm 2 verse 5 says, God will show the nations his fury and wrath. Essentially, here the nations did not fear God. But God is going to teach them to fear when they become terrified and gave glory to God in heaven. Again, in Psalm 2, God is going to show the nations his fury and wrath and teach them to fear, to, to fear here. Verse 14, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. There's the Lord and his Christ, the uh, anointed one from, from Psalm 2 too. 
and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, uh, who is and who was, and, and you, for you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Psalm 2, 6 says, I have set my king on Zion, beginning to reign. Again, we have themes here that are shared. Verse 18, the nations rage. This is a direct quotation from Psalm 2, 2. But your wrath came, Psalm 2, 5. And the time for the dead to be judged, Psalm 2, verses 4 and 5. God will judge. So what we see here is judgment for the wicked, judgment for the wicked, judgment is coming. And for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your great name, both small and great. Uh, this here is Psalm 1, verses 5 and 6, and Psalm 2, verses 12. God blesses and rewards the godly. We see the same exact themes in Psalm 1 and in Psalm 2. Of course, at the end of both Psalms, as we are at the end of this this Revelation 11. And for destroying the destroyers of the earth, Psalm 2, 9. What does God say he's going to do? Dash them to pieces. So Psalm 2 is so interlaced with, with Revelation 11. And, and Psalm 1, of course, is interlaced with the, with the tree imagery. And, of course, the, the righteous being judged um, is interlaced with this passage as well. Now, verse 19. We have a chiastic structure here in ABA. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of the Covenant was seen within his temple. Uh, and so what we see here is the temple in heaven opened. We see the temple in heaven seen, and the Ark of the Covenant being the central point here. It was the throne of God. And this is what sat in the Holy of Holies in the earthly tabernacle and temple. Uh, so this would be the focal point uh, from, from an Old Testament perspective here. So the ark will be seen. Then there were flashes of, and Dr. Frank helped me with this one, uh, one, lightnings, rumblings, peals of thunder. This involves the sky. And then an earthquake, which involves the land, and heavy hail. Now, heavy hail involves the sky, but there's also a water element here. So, so especially as we think about, as I said on Sunday, the sea of glass uh, from Revelation. So, uh, it could be that this is referring to sky, land, and sea, or, or, or water here. Uh, the, the three elements of creation uh, are happening uh, when when this uh you know trumpet is blown and, and heaven rejoices um something i want to look at here um and forgive me if i butcher these greek words but i i think this is f fun to see and again be be kind with me here um uh, i'm still a student but we we have kai uh, genomai astrape we have kai phone kai bronte Kai Seismos Kai Kalazad Megas. Uh, and, and so what we have here is and there will be lightning and sounds and thunders and, and shaking uh, 
and hail great. So in English, you know, we, we swap it. It's great hail, but here it's, it's, there's hail and it's great hail. <laughs> uh, but what I think's important here, when you read it the way that it is, see, when we see it in English, it's lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. It looks like the, the and heavy hail is the cherry on top, but when you read it in the original language, it's Kai, it's and. And lightnings, uh, and, and rumblings, and peals of thunder, and earthquake, and hail. It's almost as if there's an escalation happening. That that when this song is sung, when the scroll has been digested and prophesied, when when this vision of Revelation one is given, uh, we we see this escalation, and and. And, and the Ark of the Covenant is, is seen within God's temple and there's lightnings and there's thunders and there, there's this dramatic, every single point that is emphasized is emphasized. It's not necessarily a list of a bunch of singular things. Each event it, it was great in its happening. The, the way that it's structured, this, this and here, which I thought was pretty cool to see the way that was that was placed there I, I really i really liked seeing that um as we close uh i i want us to think about psalm 212 i love psalm 212 and it says kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled uh on a total side note if anyone's watched the chosen series there are things I like about The Chosen. There are things I don't like about The Chosen. But I, I really, really love... Uh, I like season one a lot more than season two. But season one, there, there's that scene where Nicodemus and Jesus are talking on the rooftop. Um, and, and there's this really powerful... I mean, I bawled like a baby. I, I'm just being honest. Uh, where where Psalm 212 is... is uh, you know, and blessed are those who take shelter in the Messiah. Psalm 2 is really heavy in that scene. It's definitely worth checking out, I think. Um, but Psalm 212 is, is what they, they drew from, uh, Psalm 2, uh, for that, for that powerful scene. But thinking of Psalm 212 about kissing the sun lest be, he be angry and we, and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. All men, we have to understand, all men are sinners before a holy and just God and judge. But as the Psalms were pointing to the promised son, the good news is that God has provided a means of salvation to come to his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and to kiss him, to make peace with him. This imagery from kissing the son has some cultural aspects to it. People talk about how people bring, uh, like, like if a king invaded an area, you would go before the king and kiss and prostrate before him, lest he be angry and he punish you. And I, I think maybe there's some cultural aspects to this that, that may be very accurate. Uh, but whenever we, here's Bible study 102. Whenever you have a lot of different ways a text may go, you have to figure out, okay, I have all this cultural, contextual, or uh, cultural evidence here, uh, Near Eastern studies here. And then I have places in scripture that I can draw from. And one of the things we have to, we have to decide is what holds more weight. 
when we are interpreting the scriptures. And I think at the end of the day, the best practice is to always figure out if there's anywhere else in scripture that may be giving illumination to this passage, no matter how strong the cultural evidences may may be. And so, though I think that may be what's going on, that the cultural evidence, also scripturally, there's a place about kissing a son lest one perish uh, that, that predates Psalm 1, and that seems to be from the story of Joseph. Um, which, of course, the story of Joseph is a picture of Christ. There, there may also be Jacob and Esau here, but I, I think Joseph's what's in view. Uh, in the story of Joseph in Genesis 45, when Joseph reveals himself to his brother who sold him into slavery, it says... After he announces who he is, then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck, and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. And as the story goes, they took refuge in the house of Joseph. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. The, the, the reality is... All men are sinners <laughs> and have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. All men and women have put Jesus, like Joseph, who is the king, have put Joseph uh, in the pit, in the grave, in the tomb. And if we stand before him without reconciling, we are in trouble. <laughs> All men and women have placed their sins upon Jesus Christ and on his cross, and we killed and we buried him. Who put Jesus in the tomb? I did. Like Joseph's brothers, we did that. We betrayed him. We killed him. We casted lots for his garments as they took Joseph's garments. There was a deception. There are sins put Jesus on that cross. Our sins put Jesus in that tomb as the sins of Joseph's brothers put Joseph in the pit. But like Joseph, the son is willing to make peace with us. But we must fall on his neck. This is the picture of Luke 15 and kiss the son, the one whom we betrayed lest we perish in the way. Loved ones, the heart of man is deceitful above all things, and by nature it is inclined to rebellion. We have to know that about ourselves, but we, we cannot. We must resist the trap and not join in with the nations who conspire and plot vain things against the Lord and against his anointed. And as we connect at the Psalm 1, that also means the words of the anointed. Torah, the, the, the word. We must plan ourselves in the word and accept the peace that God has provided in his son. You know, God desires all to be saved and he desires to, to kiss and to be kissed. He desires to show mercy to those who ask of it. He, he loves to bless all who take refuge in him. But if we must persist in wickedness, just as surely as there is reward for the godly, we have to know that there is destruction for the destroyers. There is a wrath and a fury for the rebel. And they will face God's wrath if they do not make peace with the Son. If they do not make peace with the Son, if we do not make peace with the Son through the blood of the Son, we are coming under the wrath of Almighty God and we will perish in the way.
So if we can wrap our heads around the marvel that is Revelation 11, what, what, what maybe the most simply what we can gather from Revelation 11 is that there are two kinds of people. Trees and chaff. <laughs> there are those who will be rewarded and there will those who will be judged. And the difference between those two groups as Psalm 1 and 2 seems to tell us as we connect it, are those who make peace with the Son. Are those who kiss the Son. Jesus is the undisputed Lord and King of the universe. The difference between the two groups of people, the difference between how you are received when you enter into eternity is who bows before the king and who conspires against the king? Who fears and who fights? Who comes under reverence for the office of Abba, for the king, for the Lord and his Christ, and who fights and transpires and plots against this king? Those, uh, the, the two different groups of people are, 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 are separated by who plant themselves in the word of God and who blow around by the wind of culture, ever changing, ever, ever shifting, ever being moved to one cause to another, never being rooted in the truth. And most simply, what, the, what separates those two groups of people? It are those who kiss the sun and those who rage against him. So very clearly, this is what Psalm 1 and 2 is telling us about Revelation 11, is Revelation 11 draws from the scriptures that all men, both small and great, will be judged. And either we come under the authority and kiss the sun or we perish in the way. There is no third option. There is no middle ground. And this is the gospel. This is the gospel that all men are sinners, but Christ has come to save sinners. So with that, we are done. Uh, I had a blast. I was so excited Monday to teach all this and to show you guys what I was looking at in Psalm 1, 2 and, and Revelation 11. And then my kid got sick. So it is what it is. But anyways, I love you all so much. Uh, keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer. Uh, I'm I'm working on uh, on Sunday's message today and um, I'm chewing on something pretty fun. So uh, pray for wisdom and, and God optimizes my time, please. That would be great. Um, anyways, I love you all. Let's let's pray, huh? God, we, we thank you. We adore you. We praise you. We, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you're doing. And we thank you for all that you're about to do. God, we thank you for your word and the riches the, that you have treasured within it. We thank you for your glory and your greatness and your kindness and your mercy. And God, you are so good to us, and so we thank you. God, help us to place a burden in our heart to share your word, your gospel. And God, help us to be rooted ourselves deeply into your truths. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. We love you, God. Amen. I love you guys so much. I'll see you Sunday. Thanks for joining us for this Calvary Baltimore B-Side. 
If you'd like to get in touch or come visit us at Calvary Baltimore, our website is calvarychapelbaltimore.org. You can email us at calvary.faithlife at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've been blessed by today's teaching and would like to donate to the work God is doing through Calvary Baltimore, go to our website at calvarychapelbaltimore.org and click Donate Now. Until next time, keep drawing closer to God through the reading of His Word. And join us again for the next Calvary Baltimore B-Side.